Greetings, football fans, and welcome to Season 2 of the CBFA Podcast. I'm your host, James Parks. Each week, I'll be joined by one or more of the field announcers to discuss all the action from Shouldice Park. It's the Calgary Bantam Football Association Podcast, and it starts now! Welcome to the CBFA Podcast. Joining us this week, Grant Stefanowski. How you doing, Grant? I'm great. Thanks, James. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I uh, I can't complain too much, although uh, if I did, we know nobody would be listening. <laughs> it's like my house. The complaint department is open between 12 and 12.01 a.m. On every third Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we had an interesting weekend. It was chaos with the snow and... Um, and the the city refusing to sweep the field. Um, good thing we had the foresight to move the field eight games inside. So at least we got the div three games played on Saturday. And uh, um, of all the all the playoff games that have gone so far, I have not been able to watch any of them. So I didn't see any of the action. I can't describe it or or really say anything much about it so um yeah i uh i can give you the scores though well the good news is last night i was able to do two games um and uh the city cleared the field quite nicely didn't touch the stance so parents had to sit in either end zone in the snow so uh yeah yeah that was bizarre uh i i did show up to Shouldice uh, expecting to do some 50-50 sales and whatnot, but that uh, that whole episode with, with the, the stands not being cleared kind of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. So be that as it may, we, we did get the rest of the uh, Div 1 and 2 uh, quarterfinals played, mm-hmm. and you said you saw two of those games. What, which ones did you get to see? Yeah, so uh, the... Um... The Eagles, uh, first the, the Bulldogs and the Hilltoppers, and then the Eagles and the, the Raiders. And um, I, unfortunately, neither game was, was really close. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, the, the Bulldogs and the Hilltoppers. Uh, Hilltoppers had a tough time getting that offense going, and... I don't know whether it's a pet peeve. I don't know what it is, and I don't know exactly how to go about saying it, but the punting game needs to develop. Um, I feel actually the Bulldogs-Hilltoppers could have been a closer game, Um, but there was only one punt on the Hilltoppers' side, and on third down, regardless of field position, they went for it. Uh, I feel the field position that they put the Bulldogs in just put them in too good of a position. And I got to tell you, the play of the game, a 46-yard field goal by Nick Ramirez Quaylar, the Bulldogs quarterback. I've never seen in Bantam. I've never seen it in high school. You barely see it in university. Um, It was a cold night. That ball had to feel like a rock. He smoothed out a 46-yard field goal with room to spare. 
That could have been a 55-yard field goal. Unreal. This is, I, I'm assuming, a young grade nine man. Man, man, that's young, young man. lad. Um, <clears throat> very good athlete. Uh, you know, accounted for most of the scores for the Bulldogs. Um, had, had an absolutely terrific game. And they have, uh, you know, they have a couple nice receivers. They have a good running back. Um and their O line did a great job. Gave them nothing but time. Those big hoggies in the middle, um, the, the Hilltoppers had a, had a nice looking defensive line. Just couldn't couldn't get a whole lot of pressure on them. And the uh, he, he ran in for two touchdowns. All all their touchdowns were running touchdowns, if my memory's correct. Uh, the score, I want to say, was thirty to twelve. Yeah, that is. If correct. I got that right, um, six of those points, a thirty-seven-yard field goal and a forty-six-yard field goal. Uh, so impressed by that That's young crazy. man. Um, you know, great snap too. You're not getting a forty-six-yard field goal, and the angle that ball has to come out yeah. if the snap's not getting back there and the pinner doesn't put it down. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, something the Bulldogs work on, um, but but really impressive. And you know, the game it really wasn't that close. And and Bulldogs just really won the field possession game. Uh, they they spent the majority of the game in the Hilltopper zone, yeah, uh, their side of the fifty. And uh, you know, you never know what the circumstances are. You don't know if the punter was hurt whatever it was, but they did punt one ball and, you know, didn't go that far, but it still went far enough to change the field position and, and change the play caller. Uh, when you're starting with the ball on the 35-yard line of the opponent, you're just making it easy and you're putting a lot of pressure on your defense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, the overtime rules in the CFL, you start at the 35 and you expect to score. So You do, yeah. That to me, you're obviously they consider not con, don't consider that the red zone, but you know when you're looking at the goalpost from that close, you have options. The field's still long enough; you can stretch the ball out. Yeah. Um, so you all your options are open. When <clears throat> when you get tighter into that end zone area, you know the field gets shorter. You know, defense is a little more compact, and I, I feel your options get tighter the play calls get tighter the coverage gets tighter but on the 35 you're working a pretty good field still so um i think i'd love to see that punting game develop a bit more because if your offense is struggling give your defense a break and and at least give them the full field to stop the other team yeah the uh um position on the field uh, is crucial. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to be able to, to try and pin your opponent as deep in their own end as possible. And you know, like you said, uh, if they're starting on your half of center, you're, you're making it easy for them. Yeah. And I, I think these, these coaches feel with some of these offenses and running backs and quarterbacks that, you know, maybe, maybe they can pop that play and open it up. But, um, you know, the Hilltoppers quarterback hit two nice passes over the middle. 
I think in Bantam football, that's really tough to do. Uh, really, really good passes and good catches over the middle. Unfortunately, <clears throat> they had a, had a tough time connecting with those and, and couldn't get it off as much as they wanted to. Uh, they had a lot of pressure. That Bulldogs defensive line spent uh, a healthy portion of the evening chasing someone in the backfield. Um, makes makes those play calls tough. Yeah, yeah. When when the defense is coming at you like that, you're out of time. You got to get rid yeah. of the ball or or take a sack. If, yeah, you can get rid of the ball, and as long as your receivers waiting for it or looking for it early. Um, you might be able to connect now and then, yeah. but uh, most of the time, and for, the and ball's going to fall su- incomplete or get picked for off. The, for the success the Bulldogs had uh, on offense, the, the Hilltoppers' defense really did a good job. You know, they they stuffed a lot of, you know, three and outs or five and outs. Um, I, I feel they put their team in position to kind of get some of those points back. Uh, Hilltoppers just had a tough time seeing that end zone. Yeah, and when they did, the plays were plays were terrific. It's yeah, there were some good play calls, some good catches, some good runs. Um, they have uh, they they have a couple of running backs that can get moving. The quarterback took it himself a couple times and did a good job. Right on. And you said the. Uh... The Raiders and Eagles game wasn't that close. It looks like it was a, a pretty close game. The Raiders winning that one, twenty-three to six. Yeah, um, really wasn't as close. the The Eagles struggled to find offense. Uh, struggled to complete some passes. Uh, the Raiders' defense is so fast, and and. You know, from their inside to their second level to the outside guys, your halfbacks, corners, and, and safeties, they can all tackle. And they were they were making some good tackles, tried a couple outside plays, some swing passes, and they were just on it. And one guy many times made some open field tackles, but gosh, I got to tell you, the gang tackling in that game, they, they were just like a swarm of bees. They were they were on that football, and offensively, uh, I, I still think uh, uh, number eleven, their quarterback. I, I think he's a terrific athlete, absolutely terrific athlete. He's got a good arm. He throws a nice deep ball. They connected uh, three times to uh, Mateus Pisa. Um, two for touchdowns and, you know, lengthy passes, which you don't see a ton of those connected and nice routes because he was wide open both times. Um, And the quarterback got the ball there in the right amount of time. He leads his guys well. He throws it early. And when he can't throw it, he's quick. He scrambles quick. So from a defensive standpoint, trying to play against that, you have to spy the quarterback. You have to take a, a linebacker out of that coverage and spy him because he'll he'll take off if if his receiver's not there. Yeah. And then I think probably um, twenty four, Jaden Barker. Gosh, I hope I'm remembering this right. Um, probably, yeah. probably You're correct. The best running back in the league. <laughs> 
I love watching him run because he gallops. I, I coached two kids over the years, many moons ago. Um, they had this gallop step. <laughs> I love watching. It's funny as hell to watch, but it it really, as soon as you see that gallop step, you know the second gear is coming. Yeah. And they're gone. And he's one of those running backs. He takes the ball and goes. Uh, he's He was never tackled by one person, two to three all the time. And I, I give those Eagles halfbacks and corners a ton of credit because they got to be wearing some pretty good bruises today. He's He'll drop the shoulder on anybody. Yeah. Uh, plays clean, runs clean, and, and fast. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, with the score, I guess that they just kept feeding him the ball. <laughs> yeah. It would have been different. They Raiders really do spread the ball around. Uh, a couple different running backs, a couple receivers, the quarterback. Oh, good luck if you want to play him. Right. So um, were the, the Raiders' points all scored on offense, or, or did they manage uh, special teams or defensive all, uh, all offense. So that's why the, they didn't get to 30, I guess. Yeah, and there was there was two over thirty with the special teams or uh, yeah, there was there was something. two two missed converts uh, on their part. Their their kicking game uh, they got they did get a uh, a nice field goal from I want to say maybe twenty yards out. Uh, that was the 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 last point they got. Um, but yeah, between. Feeding it to twenty four, a little play action, air it out to their uh, their wide receiver number twelve. I, I don't. They they've got a lot of tools to use, and and when they spread it around to the other young men, they have they do a good job. They yeah. they maybe don't get the thirty yards, but they'll pick up eight or nine every time. Uh, so they weren't they weren't stuffed on a whole lot of uh, of series. I think they were pretty conservative with the play calling. I don't know where they were just keeping it in a bag for next week, but uh, they uh, they just seemed to control that game. And, and the score, like I've said so many times, was not reflective of the game. I think the score could have potentially been a lot higher. Right. And, um, and that's what I guess we, we didn't see. Uh, over on the um, the Cowboys versus the Chiefs. So that one, the, <laughs> no. the Cowboys ran away with that one. Uh, final score was sixty-seven to zero. So well, it was forty to nothing at the half. Um, you know, you can uh, up in the booth there. You can always hear the field behind you, right. and then just the chatter over the radio. Um, you know, you don't ever want to go into runtime in a in a playoff game, but it was probably a good thing they did. Uh, and none of those touchdowns, I, I was talking to Cole, who announced that game. Yeah. None of those touchdowns were in the air. Wow. Runs up the middle and off tackle. Uh, so, again, you know, good old line, good holes, strong running backs. And, you know, without, without putting much in the air when you can put up those kind of those kind of points, right? We're going to see some good games, and they're they're not going to see each other in the semis. But uh, 
I have a feeling the the Raiders and Cowboys could be a finals preview. But like uh, every week, you, you don't know what you're going to see. Well, we did see that the uh, the Bulldogs and the Wildcats were, were trying to keep pace with, with those two teams throughout the season, but yeah. ended up a game back. Um, the, uh, the Wildcats end up getting upset by the Colts. Uh, the Colts come away with a victory over the Wildcats, 36 to eight. Big victory. So, pretty, pretty good. Congratulations to the that's Colts. A great win for the Colts. They, they um, have really come on in the second half of the year. We thought that was going to be, uh, the game of the night. And I think when you and I spoke a couple weeks ago, we just said there's a couple teams that you you don't necessarily want to face right now, and yeah. the Colts was one of those teams we spoke about. And uh, good, good coaching, good team, good athletes, and yeah. really came ready to play that game. So the the Colts have uh, have earned the chance. Um, they've earned their way into the Division One semifinal. Uh, against the Raiders. So that game will go this Saturday, 3 p.m. at Hellard Field. Um, and the Bulldogs, with their victory over the Hilltoppers, will take on the Cowboys in the other Div 1 semi. That's a one I, o'clock. I, I, I think they're going to be good games. I, I, I don't expect one of them to be a blowout. Um, no, I guess can, it really... Just depends on what, what kind of playbook they decide to open. I, I know from years past, in the first round of playoffs, we had we had a thin play sheet, and it was very much on purpose because everyone watches film. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think the Raiders have consistently run their offense pretty close to the same every game I've watched them, and I guess they just challenge you to stop it. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they've got a really good offensive line. Uh, you know, Jaden Barker, they're running back. When that moose starts galloping, he's hard to stop, but he gets to do that because his offensive line is really opening some big holes for him. And I, I think it's, it's a great one, two punch now they're going to put a defense in front of them that is going to make them work for it. Yeah. So those are the, the Div 1 semis uh, this Saturday afternoon, um, October 29th. And uh, in the early games, we'll have the, the Div 2 semis, which will be um, 9 a.m., the Wildcats versus the Eagles. And that'll be followed up at 11 by the Hilltoppers versus the Chiefs. Yeah, I think um, I think all those games are actually going to be pretty exciting. I, I think the the Wildcats Eagles to me they feel like pretty comparable teams. Yeah. Um, Chiefs Hilltoppers, I, I would probably give the edge to the Hilltoppers, especially from a defensive standpoint. Uh, I think offensively, both those teams match up quite well. And I, I, I would give the edge to the Chiefs in, in the yeah. offense. But um, you're right. I agree. Those are, are going to be some, some good games this Saturday. Um, because of the wacky weather we had and, and the cancellations on on uh, on Saturday, 
we did manage to sell some 50-50 tickets, but there are still some available. So come on down to Shouldice Park this Saturday and get your 50-50 tickets. Make sure you bring cash. And um, it might be another chilly day, so, uh, you know, pick up a coffee at Superfan Snacks while you're down there. Stay warm, bundle up, watch some great football. Guessing our guys at Superfan were busy last night. I uh, I only came out of the booth once, and that was to go steal a heater and go back up and try and hotbox the place because it was a <laughs> chilly night. Yeah, it sure was. Um, in the Division Three semifinals, which did go uh, Saturday in the in the dome on Incana Field, I keep wanting to just call it the Incana Dome now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in those games, the, the Lions defeated the Mavericks 29-14 and, uh, the Stampeders beat the Rebels 51-6. So, uh, the Stampeders and the Lions will face off in the Div 3 final on November 5th. They get, uh, this Saturday off by week and the season is done for the Mavericks and the Rebels. Yeah, and I, I think uh, a tough season for for both teams, and uh, I, I think the Mavericks, with such a young team, uh, will definitely be a different team next year. Uh, the the Rebels, I hope they keep it together because uh, again, enough young guys on that team. I, I think both teams could could be much improved next year. Yeah. So, good season under the belt and some experience and those players will come back at this age, these young men and, and young girls that are out playing, they develop so much at these ages. I remember coaching kids that were in grade seven at the time. And by the time they come to grade nine, they're just a different player. They've, they've matured, their bodies have matured, you know, they understand the game a little bit more and uh, it's exciting to watch that kind of progression. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, talking with uh, some of the coaches earlier this season, they're they're always expecting turnover, and they're keeping an eye on their uh, their their pee wee uh, teams to to mm-hmm. see you know what kind of talent is is coming. Um, and and a lot of them have you know uh, lots to look forward to. There's there's a lot of good players coming up through their systems, so. Well, here's my plug. Here's my plug for football over hockey. Um, because we have an Adam, and we have a Pee Wee. Before they get to Bantam, these kids not only learn how to hit, but they learn how to take a hit. And these these parents that are looking for stuff to do with their kids, I watched hockey now, and you can only hit in the top, I believe, three levels of Bantam. Is is the first time you get hitting? Well. If you manage to go from Pee Wee to a Bantam Double A team, that's an awfully rude awakening. It's a big jump. Kids are big. Um, you get some big sized kids that maybe have played Bantam for a second year, and I just think in football, us teaching these young boys and girls to hit younger and safely. Um, makes such a difference. And one comment I'll make about both games, for the most part, except for a little penalty streak with the Raiders in the second half, 
both games had very few flags. The uh, the Bulldogs Hilltoppers, I think there was two offsides the whole game. Uh, really clean, really good, some great hits. Everything was clean. Um, no injuries. Uh, it's good football to watch. Right on. Yeah, it's uh, not too often that uh, the teams will play a really clean game like that. Uh, very, you know, disciplined staying on side and not mm-hmm. going until the ball snaps and yeah that's uh that's good coaching well i watched the bulldogs their first game of the year uh shout out to glenn and his staff they they played an extremely disciplined game um and you know it it showed on the scoreboard and it showed with time at possession um really well coached team right now so uh I, I think they're, although it's easy to kind of guess who's going to win by the scores, I think that it's going to be Cowboys, Bulldogs. Uh, That has a potential to be a really close game, a really good game. The Cowboys, Bulldogs? Yeah. uh, That's the semi at 1 o'clock this Saturday. Yeah. 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 I'm – I – I, w- I would tend to call that uh, a potential game of the week there. I, I think, so there's, like I said, there's they're, they're, one and a half point pick them. There you go. I, I think you have two pretty disciplined teams, two long-standing programs in this league. Uh, I heard uh, Grant Pollock say the Bulldogs started in 78. Uh, Cowboys started in 1983. Um both full programs from Adam through Pee Wee, Bantam, Midget. Excellent programs. So only three coaches in Cowboys or in Bulldogs history, only one in Cowboys. Wow. Uh, that's that's two pretty solid programs. And, you know, their names just seem to come up every year. That's true. They certainly do. And, uh, um, uh, the selects program are you are you going to be traveling with the team this year yes sir fifth year so uh you're going to bring your laptop right so that we can <laughs> have a have a little chat while you're down there you can tell us about some of the action yeah that'd be terrific um i'm as excited about this team as i've been in a, a very very long time uh i i said a couple of weeks ago the quality of athlete in our league this year um, the size of the athlete, the discipline on coaching we've seen and how good these athletes can, you know, run patterns, pick up blocks, understand playbooks. Because um, the playbook Greg Peterson runs on offense is is not a, a simple playbook. It is, uh, it's a college-style playbook. You better pay attention. You better understand your reads and your routes and your hot reads. Um, I, I think we're going to be able to open that playbook this year. I'm I'm so excited with the quality of athlete we have to bring. The only thing I'm not excited about is the tryouts. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an extremely difficult year to pick players, and I 
I love everything about the process. I was so fortunate in all my years of coaching. Uh, I've cut a handful of players. That's it. Uh, mostly because of the positions I coached, but I was always lucky. I never had to cut a lot of players. We're going to have to send home a lot of young men and, and girls and ladies that, um, that deserve to be there. Uh, we have to build a team. And, and, you know, I'll emphasize what Greg will say. It's a select team. It's not an all-star team. Yeah. You know, the difference being we're not taking the best wide receiver to play wide receiver. Um, we're not taking the best quarterback to play quarterback necessarily. We'll put a quarterback at tight end or we'll put a, a linebacker at safety or running back. Um, we're taking the best 30 players in the CBFA and we're going to put them into a position. Um, it, it's We have so many very, very difficult decisions to make and we have to make those decisions based on our experience with the type of football we see played down there. It is physical, so physical. Um, and we'll see some of that play up here, but every play down there is an extremely physical play. Um, these these young men and girls down there, they can play football. Um, so can we, though. We compete, and we won the tournament, I want to say, four or five years ago. Um we're not going down there just to say we got to play U.S. football. We're going down there to win. And we are going to put together a team that we think can win in that style of football. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, in the American rules, obviously, one less player. No early motion. The most exciting part of Canadian football, from an offensive standpoint, because that's where I live, is that motion. Yeah. I I don't want to coach defense ever. <laughs> you know the the type of motion. You know the the Foothills Eagles showed pre snap. Uh, the Raiders showed pre snap. You better watch a lot of film, or else you're just going to be a mouth breather that entire play and watch a nice touchdown happen. Yeah, um, right by you. Yeah, we don't get to do that down there now. <clears throat> we can have some side-to-side -side motion, but um, I, I think the most difficult thing our players have to adjust to is no motion pre-snap forward. Yeah. And we we will get called on it and full of times per game just because this is what they know. Yeah. So the fact that our players can adapt to that game and succeed down there, you know, Greg, Greg runs one of the best football programs I've ever seen run out of one of the best Bantam leagues in Canada. And, uh, you know, the credit goes to him and Ron. They've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, the rest of us just get to tag along and enjoy the show. But um, they're going to put these, these kids in a position to go down there and represent Calgary, the CBFA in Canada, extremely well. Fantastic, and we're all looking forward to that. And with that, we'll wrap it up for this week. So um, make sure you come out to Shouldice Park with your, your cash and get your 50-50 tickets this Saturday, October 29th, for uh, 
the four semifinal games that are all going to be wicked entertaining. Come on out to Shouldice. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as always. Thanks again for joining us. I look forward to talking to you again on future episodes. And, um, mm-hmm. and thanks to all our listeners. Have a good night. The CBFA podcast is brought to you by longtime players of the game sponsor, Wolf Cadillac Calgary. Check out their selection of new and used vehicles online at www.wolfcadillaccalgary.com or in person at 1720 Barlow Trail Southwest. And game day wouldn't be the same if not for Superfan Snacks. They're located near the plaza area of Shouldice Park. Superfan Snacks proudly supports minor football at every level. Find them on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.